was just, they were so happy. It was like children on Christmas. They were like, yeah, you get teddy bears. Like it was like the best day of these dudes' lives. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, have you ever been loved? <laughs> I know this podcast is a very big part of your life. You've mentioned it to me multiple times. Kind of a, you know, a bachelor nation groupie. No, 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 hold on with me, Derek. Name one thing that I said that's false, Derek. Don't insult my intelligence. Hi, Emily. Hi, Kayla. All right, we've got two big announcements here. The first of which, um, I'm sure you guys have seen if you follow me, Emily, well, mostly Emily, me, or our podcast on social media. But this week, I am just some fucking guy with New York City marathon runner, Emily Krebin. Completed the New York City marathon in four hours and eight minutes. I'm not even... That's right, right? Four hours and eight minutes? That's right, yeah. I'm not even right. looking at notes for that. I know how long it took you to run time. the New York City Marathon. Literally, how does it feel? My fans. So good. It was so fun. Literally, I'm addicted. I started looking at marathons to run again today for next oh year. God. I looked at Chicago, though, so <laughs> possibly I'll be going to see Kayla. Um, so it was so much fun. It was so good. I didn't see any Bachelor people in person. So that was disappointing, but also for the best. Uh, yeah, like what would you have like, even done? I been only like, hey. would have wanted to see Tasha and Zach just to be like, I'm lit- I love you guys so much, like, and taken a selfie with them and been like, best day of my life. Oh my the God. other ones, I would have been like, mm, no, thank you. Um, I, <laughs> if I saw I, Pilot I, Pete, I would have curb stomped him, like, <laughs> chokehold to the ground. <laughs> I understand that like running a marathon is not about time. Like the concept is just that you fucking ran 26 miles. Like I get that, but I also just want to congratulate you on running the New York city marathon and absolutely smoking everybody in bachelor nation. Like Tasha and Zach came close. They were like within a half an hour of you, yeah. but like Tyler C and the Matt, only, you beat them by an hour. The only one faster was Dr. Joe deserved because Dr. Joe trained very hard and posted about it a lot. And I was like, good right. for him. Good for him. But like, that's what he deserves. You beat Matt and Tyler by an hour. Yeah. And like, like that's crazy. If I had been, <laughs> I've been shitting. I haven't been shitting on Tyler and Matt. I haven't been shitting obviously on Tasha and Zach because I would never, and I know that they trained really hard. I have been shitting on Peter Weber, obviously. What else is new? I If I had run slower than I thought I would, I would not be shitting on him. But because I ran faster than I thought I would, I'm like... <laughs> I've been like bullying him relentlessly <laughs> and well, it's actually not about his time because he did, it was like five sixteen or something was his time. It's about the fact that he posted after it and was like, this is what happens when you don't train for a marathon. That made me so inexplicably mad because it's, first of all, it's not cute or quirky to not train for an, a marathon and then run it. It's like really bad for you. Like, it's like people super get, dangerous. Yeah. Super dangerous. People get so injured. Like people get hurt. People have la- lifelong injuries, even when they train for a marathon, like you run yeah. so many risks in doing it. The fact that he got on Instagram was like, this is what happens when you don't train. Blah. I was like, you are a monster. Like, yeah. I was like, I can't stand you. Well, it's just like, it's, 
it, like you're saying, and there's nothing cute or quirky about it. And like, I am obviously in no position to be judging anyone who ran the marathon because I did not run the marathon, nor will I probably ever. But like, it's just like to get on there, knowing how hard people train for this, like, like to get on your platform and be like, oh, I didn't train. And then like show literally a disgusting video of his torn up toenails from running. I'm like, was this man running the marathon in Keds? Like, why yeah, I was like, did you like run that? it in Birkenstocks? Like, why? <laughs> like, what the fuck happened? I was like, and it's like, it was just, he, it was so disrespectful. I don't even know if he ran for a charity because I commented about it on someone's TikTok about him being slow and was just like being, uh, being annoying. Yeah. But they were like, well, maybe he ran for charity. And I was like, if he ran for charity, that's more disrespectful because then right. he was saying, I'll raise money for your charity, but I'm not going to train for it or even prepare a little bit to do it. And I'm like, that's nasty. Like I just, right. I found it to be so rude and annoying. Also, because the second thing is, Matt and Tyler like walked a lot of the marathon and like whatever. They're very busy people. Right. Tasha and Zach are very busy people. So for those four folks, they're, you know, maybe they were slower than they wanted to be, maybe whatever. But the whole thing, the time doesn't even matter. It's like finishing the marathon. That's amazing. And I know that they worked hard for it. Peter, what are you booking? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like what are you too busy? Your children's book, bitch, get on the track. I want to see 10 miles now. Like I was like, it just seemed like he just woke up one day and was like, yeah, I'll run the New York marathon. Also the New York marathon is really hard to get into. It's really hard to, to train for. Like, it's just hard. It's a hard marathon. And also he definitely got into it because he's Peter Weber and he's a former bachelor and he's whatever. And it's like, it's so sad. Like there are so many people out there that like want to run the New York city marathon that literally couldn't get a slot Right. And like Peter who like were training for it and couldn't get a slot. And like Peter is out here just because he's Peter Weber getting to run the marathon and like not training. And I didn't even run it. And I'm annoyed if I had it's run like, it, I would be finding his address. <laughs> it's like, literally, I was like, this is so damn disrespectful. Like it just made me so mad. And also because of course it's like Peter Weber who did that. Like of it's course, like a fucking of course. Of course it's pilot Pete. Um, I just like, was like, I was like, this is so annoying. I'm never, I don't, I don't think your time matters at all in running a marathon. But when I saw his time, I did like laugh because I was like, (laughs) fuck you. Like, I was like, yeah, like you're the worst. And it was just, I was like, he could literally have broken both of his legs. Like (laughs) he's an idiot. My, uh, my final point on the marathon, unless you have anything else you would like to say about the marathon as the person who actually ran it. Uh, My final point on the marathon is just like, guys, like I'm not really a smoke blower, but like, this is going to be like the time that I do it. Like if you know, Emily in real life, you know that this bitch, if she says she's going to do something, she fucking does it. Like it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's going to grad school, trapping a man, (laughs) running the marathon, doesn't matter what it is. If Emily says she's going to do it, she's going to do it. And like this bitch literally was like, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to run a mile at the beginning of COVID because I need to work out. And like, here she is running the New York city marathon just because she said she was going to do it. And like, I literally cried like so many times looking at your content because I was like, I can't believe she fucking did it. Like, I mean, I can't believe it. Cause it's you, but like, I was like, so emotional. I'm like, so upset. I wasn't there to see you do it, but I'm like, so proud of you. And you better come run a marathon in Chicago so that Ben and I can be at the finish line with beer. Yeah, totally. No, thank you so much. That's so nice. It was so fun. I literally like 
the whole time and I felt just so good like the whole time I mean obviously like there were times when I was like what am I doing but (laughs) the majority of it like New York is the best and I'm sure Chicago and Boston and all the big cities I'm sure have like the same type of energy yeah but it's just like so amazing like running with a crowd like cheering you on is so fun like I love running anyway but running by yourself doesn't even hold a candle to like running and having people be like you're amazing and you're like I cried so many times during it I cried so many times after it like (laughs) the night after it I was like what I can't believe I did that so it was so amazing highly recommend if any of you think that you can't run I didn't used to run ever so you never know so and you too could run the New York City Marathon and smoke Peter Weber and um I have no doubt that all of you could smoke Peter Weber untrained untrained (laughs) untrained don't do it untrained but I bet you could um Our second announcement today is that I realized as we were about to record, we haven't even gotten into the episode yet. Uh, It's yet again, it's almost no notes. Um, (laughs) Nothing to say. uh, Our second announcement is that I checked my time hop before we started recording and we had the idea for our podcast a year ago today, which means that like in the next two or three days, we recorded our first episode. Which is amazing. I can't believe it. It's been a year and like, we started it with, well, we started technically with Tasha, and now we're at Michelle. So it's like the bookends of the year have been great. <laughs> everything in between, <laughs> everything in between, it was a bumpy ride. Um, but no, but what a freaking year. Also, we literally have barely had a break between any seasons. So you've gotten we've a lot of us, everyone. Literally been trucking along for a year, but it's been so fun. Thank you all for listening. I can't believe you guys listen to our silly little podcast and, and care about our silly little thoughts. All I'm going to say is I looked at the numbers of last week's episode and some of you actually listened to last week's episode. You heard how my audio sounded and you still listened, which is insane to me. Um, thank you so much. Guys, <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I didn't listen. I didn't. <laughs> I, I heard... I always, we always listen to our edit before we post it. And I literally got five minutes through and I was like, I cannot stand the sound of my own voice or I'm going to kill myself. So I'm just going to not listen and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, nobody has given really bad feedback yet. So that's nice. Um, But we're back and Kayla's microphone is here now. Yeah, my so. U-Haul uh, made it across the Midwest and is here, and now I have my microphone. So we're we're back. We're rocking and rolling. Back. Just in time for marathon coverage. That's it. Play the music. Okay, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We should do, like, just a special marathon coverage episode. Um, yeah, where we talk about everyone in Bachelor Nation. Except that was it. Yeah, that I could was go really in-depth. I could go into heavy detail and I will <laughs> I will go into heavy detail <laughs> uh, maybe uh, next time I do it I'll see more of them in person and- yeah you got to make sure because don't you all run in groups like you leave at different times yeah yeah it's you just gotta, impossible you gotta you'll never see anyone group. you know I know I'd be like I'm running a marathon in two hours they're like what is that no you're not <laughs> I'm like yes I am <laughs> yep yeah, I sure am. You're like, I'm racing Dr. Joe. I was like, just, <laughs> I was like just between them all. Like Dr. Joe was way faster than me. I was like a mid, I don't, Dustin was like somewhere in there. I don't yeah. remember what his was. 
he was faster he he left peter in the dust he was like fuck this slow guy that <laughs> like, was what like killed me <laughs> dustin you dustin and peter are best friends they're literally great value brand man tyler like they're they're so close and yeah. they were running it together. Like they posted about running it together. And Dustin's time was like 40 Dustin's minutes like, faster than Peter's. <laughs> he was like, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't see him either. And then I was like, Zach and Tasha were like 30 minutes after me. So I was just in the middle. I just didn't see anybody. But next time. Next time. We'll get him next time. I'll, I'll, uh, that video like of Glennon Doyle with her wife when she like is talking about her injury from the marathon because she lost her voice like <laughs> that would literally be me if I watched you run a marathon I'd be like I'm was, hurt after the marathon my sister my boyfriend and my mom and I were walking back to my apartment like from the train or whatever we took a car but it couldn't drop me off my apartment because of the marathon isn't that funny so we were walking and my sister was like my legs are tired and I was like <laughs> you're going to hell <laughs> hell is where you're going we came up my I live on the fifth floor we came up my five floor walk up my mom's like I'm tired those stairs are rough I was like I can't imagine how you feel (laughs) I was like okay thanks perfect so anyways the episode now that we're like 20 minutes in let's uh, get into it let's get into it the episode um we're getting into when there's like starting to be a manageable amount of guys, because now we're at the point in the season where we get two one-on-ones and one group date, which is always a good spot to be mm-hmm. in. Thank God. And you finally know who people are. Like you're not just Ish. seeing people and being like, now who the fuck is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> now, I've never seen that guy before. I've never seen that life. person in my life and I would put money on it. Like, I'm like yeah, no idea. most of them I'm familiar with at this point. Um, and the first one-on-one goes to Martin, um, which is the one that looks like every member of NSYNC. Yeah. And uh, Martin had a good showing last week. He was like the one that went and com- comforted Michelle when she was like feeling upset. Um, he had a good showing and we learned that she is basically giving him the one-on-one A because he did that last week and she feels a good connection with him, but also because he was like Jamie's best friend in the house who she just sent home. And so she's like, okay, well, I want to make sure that Martin is not going to be a Jamie. Like that, right. Right. Which is a good thing to check for. Uh, Sure. He's the fucking worst. So yeah, it's like, I mean, I also, I too would want to weed out anyone who's remotely like Jamie. If there was even another Jamie in the house, like somebody named Jamie S or something, I'd be like, you gotta go. (laughs) My guy, we're out. Too similar, too similar. You're out of here. So he gets the one-on-one. Um, he shows up at this like test track kind of environment. It's a BMW. They're driving. They're like doing donuts. They're uh, fucking around. Dude, when the guy was explaining cars to them, I was like, the way that I would be disassociating so hard. Like I would literally be like, that TikTok sounds like, I'm spinning like a ballerina. <laughs> that would be my brain. <laughs> Martin is the like that part of the sound and then I'm the second part that's like like just twirling no fucking thoughts just vibes that would be me on the stage do you want to know the three worst things for me personally that could try to get explained to me on a date yes go the cars the car outside (laughs) did you hear that (laughs) like wants to be part of it anyway yes cars number one I hate it art I hate art museums. I don't understand it. I don't understand why I'm looking at paint splatter and getting told that it's symbolic. Now, I understand this is um, an opinion to have that is controversial because people love art museums. I get it. 
being annoyed by me. I feel the same way about people who are like, I just don't like musical theater. I get it. Like, you don't, it's okay, but I don't like art museums. I think they're boring. So my three worst dates would be having cars explained to me, going to an art museum. And the third would be having cryptocurrency explained to me. Oh my God. No. <laughs> no. I saw a tweet I... recently that was like, next time a guy tries to explain cryptocurrency to me when I didn't ask, I'm going to say, oh, so it's like Kohl's cash. Yeah. There was that one. There was also the one that's about like Webkin's dollars. They were like, just, just compare it to Webkin's money. <laughs> say less that's genius you know what I'm like hold the phone the company I work for like is like a public company so there's like you know whatever you can buy stocks in it I don't know again no fucking idea what that means and the day it happened I was like texting my boyfriend and I was like yeah, they went public. And he was like, oh, cool. And like, he was asking me questions about it. And I was like, the only sentence I knew to say was they went public. (laughs) I got an A in econ in high school and college. I have no idea. Oh my God. (laughs) No idea. So they, they race around in these cars, the guys explaining cars to them at the end, Michelle, Michelle's like, I kicked your ass. And I'm like, I don't even know what I was watching to know if she kicked his ass. Like I really, it just proved that women are better drivers than men. Sorry. <laughs> was like, Sorry. Mark was just like spinning out every time I was like, mm, well. Sorry, stay mad. I don't know. So then. Stay mad, bitch. We get something new, actually. Uh, we get a hot tub in the middle of nowhere, but this time it's in a racetrack. That's kind of a new place for a hot tub. Not in the middle of a field? I'm out. No, <laughs> I'm in a this garage. Off. In a yeah, garage. I mean. like. It kind of looked like like a Jiffy Lube. Like imagine people getting their oil changed next to them. Like, so the hot tub is in the middle of the the garage. Don't know why. Um, And then this is where Emily and I think something different happened. Someone will tell us, I'm sure. But somehow the the subject of Jamie gets brought up between the two of them. I thought Michelle brought it up. Emily thought Jamie or uh, Martin brought it up. Either way, it doesn't matter. He gets brought up. Editor Adam here. Martin definitely brings it up. They have a discussion about it, and she basically, no matter who brought it up, she asks him what he thought of the whole thing. And he basically says, like, look, like, I don't know what happened between the two of you, but, you know, he and I were friends, and, like, I still think he's the hell of a guy, and, like, I, you know, whatever. And you can immediately see her, like, energy change. And he says, you know, your relationship with him and your conversations with him as like a possible partner are different than the conversations I had with him as a dude in the house. So I don't know. And then he says, he's like, and I'm not going to argue with you sending a guy home when like, I'm trying to be here with you. You know, I thought there was nothing wrong with his answer. Like, yeah. I I agree. I agree. I think my only issue with it was like, why are we talking about this? Like my thing was whether or not she or he brought it up, even if she brought it up, I think my answer, if I were him, I just wouldn't have, I just wouldn't have talked about it. I understand that they're like, I get it. Like I get his answer because yeah, yeah, his relationship to the guy obviously is different than her relationship to the guy. I think I would have been like, you know, you had to do what's best for you and I'm happy that you stuck to your gut. That's what I would have said. I know that that sounds general and maybe that's yeah. not genuine and maybe she did want a genuine answer and and then I don't know, maybe it's not good to like lie or whatever. But my thing and I texted Kayla this, I was like if you want to defend him, 
defend him on Instagram later. <laughs> like, yeah. Like when he went home last week, make a post to be like, hey, Jamie's a stand-up guy, whatever. If that's how you feel, that's fine. I just yeah. felt like it was a very weird time for them to be talking. I hate when they take up their one-on-one time, which they only get like one of usually to talk about another guy, especially a guy who went home. Like, I'm like, it literally doesn't matter. So I thought what happened was he was like, how are you feeling after everything that happened last week? And then she was like, she then followed up with asking, but like, I, so I was like, why is he asking this? Like, just ask about her family. Like, I was like, yeah. <laughs> do you have any siblings? That I think this, thing. I think my thing with it is it brings up a larger issue for me in the show in general, like the lead and don't get me wrong. Michelle is a hell of a lady. Like I love her, but like we, the show tends to get so wrapped up in the idea of impressing the lead and saying the right things for the lead that sometimes we do forego honesty and like being genuine. And like, for me, I'm like, no, I can't, I'm not a big Martin fan. Like some of the stuff he said later, I think was big red flags. Like I'm not a big fan of him, but in terms of his answer for this, I'm like, no, I appreciate the fact that he didn't shit talk his friend. Like he made a genuine friendship and he wasn't going to sit there and be like, yeah, he was here for the wrong reasons. Fuck that guy. Because that's like what the generalized thing on the show is, is like impress the lead, whatever. But I kind of liked that he was like, no, you had to do what you had to do. But like, I think he's a good guy. Like, I don't know. I don't disagree. Yeah. I don't disagree. I don't think that I totally think, yeah, he shouldn't have lied. I also just think it shouldn't have been a conversation slash right. it didn't need to come up. And I was just like, what is going on? Um, And like, that always happens, right? Like there's the villain always has like the villain quote unquote always has friends in the house. Like this is always, this is the way, I mean, Michelle was friends with some of the villains on her season. Like, like yeah, she's friends with, I can't think of them now, but they're all friends. All of those girls are friends and some of them did nasty things to each other. Like, right. So it's kind of like, it's like, I don't know. I'm trying to find a comparison to her season and I can't think of one, but like basically I don't know. I, I, was I, like, I kind of liked it. I kind of no, liked it. Stuck to his guns. I think it is like, yeah, stick to your guns for sure. Um, I don't, I don't mind his um, response as much as I'm like, this is stupid. That Why are we even this. doing it? Yeah. I don't want to watch this. Yeah. But. So this obviously puts Michelle off to a certain degree. Not so much that she's going to send him home right then and there. She wants to go to the nighttime portion, but she was like, I definitely need more information about his response because I don't think he trusts my decision-making ability. And this is where I'm like, I think we're making, I think we're making a big leap there. Like, I don't think it was a little bit this episode with her. I'm not, I'm truly not trying to be like gaslighty or be like, she's being dramatic. Yeah. There were a few times this episode where I was like, I don't think that that was the intention. Right. <laughs> you know? like, 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 I do think when Jamie brought it up, he was questioned. Like, I don't blame her for being as upset yeah. as she was at that I was like, yeah, he's totally questioning your integrity. Beat his ass. This week, I was like, I don't think he was saying you were wrong to send him home. I think he was just saying, I'm friends with him. That being said, I wasn't dating him. So, like- Right, right. I, um, no, I, it's like, I, Michelle is very emotionally intelligent. And I say that because she is emotional and she, I think she admits to being emotional, but she says at one point later in the episode when the guys are ignoring her or whatever, she repeats several times. She's like, I'm sure this is not their intention, but this is how it's making me feel. So I think she recognizes- She's very smart. She's very aware of her 
feelings. I also think she sometimes, um, she thinks a lot. I don't want to say overthinks because yeah. I don't think she overthinks. I just think she, um, she doesn't always lead with emotion. She leads like she's, she's a teacher. So she thinks, and then she's like, what yeah. could this possibly mean? I'm dissecting this behavior. I'm dissecting this one specific phrase or the way that they said something or yeah. whatever, when often that's not, not often, but the few times it's happened, it's like, oh, I don't think that that's really yeah. <laughs> what, what happened like, or what was intended to happen. Yeah. So then they go to the dinner portion and Michelle is like, I'm going to need clarification on this. And she leads in with basically saying, look, like I tried to tell you that something bothered me earlier. And I felt like you were really condescending toward me and it made me feel really put down. Now I did not get condescension vibes, but that being said, they were definitely in the hot tub longer than the five minutes that we saw. So maybe there was some condescension vibes that we didn't necessarily see, but I digress. She lets him know that she feels this way. And he's like, you know what? I know that I do that sometimes. I'm really sorry. You know, the relationships that we emulate are the ones often that we grew up with. And like, that was a lot of how my dad spoke to my mom. And like, I know that it's not okay and I'm working on it, but like, that is my, you know, something that I do, which I appreciated him not getting defensive and like being a jerk about it. Great. Don't get me wrong. It's a red flag that he does that, but I appreciated that he wasn't like, Oh no, like I didn't do that. Like he owned up to it, which is good. Yeah, no, I, um, I just got offered tickets to a show at it's six 30. The show's at seven. Hello. Uh, <laughs> I show? literally freestyle love Supreme. I've been offered tickets to freestyle love Supreme twice in the last two weeks. And I've not been able to go either time. Sign out. Bitch, <laughs> I'm leaving. Um, anyway, sorry. I'm like, just got that text anyway. Yeah. I think his response was fine. I also can see where the way he was talking would come off as condescending because uh, that's kind of the way he just like is like, I've kind of, I've, I could totally see that even in past weeks when I didn't care about him at all. Yeah. I could see him having kind of a condescending like air about him. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I do like that he owned it, but also it's like, oftentimes I think the problem is that men, even men who own their shit still do nothing to change their shit. So they'll be like, I totally know I do that and I'm working on it. And then they're working on it until the end of time and they never fucking fix it. That's where I'm like, right. Are you actually working on it or are you just owning it? Because you know, coming, obviously there's like steps to it. So coming back and being like, I wasn't being condescending is the worst thing you could say. But the second worst is, oh, I'm so sorry that I did that. It's something I'm working on, but then never working on it and never changing. And that's kind of the vibe I get from him. Cause it's like, if you've grown up like that, you probably know you, you do that and you've probably known for a while. Yeah. So like, how long have you- What are we doing about it? Been, yeah, like how long have you been like this? You know what I mean? What made you this way? Right. So then he um, starts to talk about how he grew up, like not believing that it was okay to cry. He didn't talk about his feelings, all this stuff, which at first I was like, okay, so Martin is literally saying to her, I'm condescending. I don't cry and I can't communicate. Great start to a relationship. But, um, and she actually ends up agreeing with him on a lot of it. She was like, yeah, I'm not super comfortable crying. I'm not super comfortable expressing my emotions. But then Michelle is like, I have worked on this a lot and I've gotten a lot better with it. That's, that's where we can tell that Michelle is a woman. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's clear that she has worked on it, you know, like, 
right. just based on everything we've seen of Michelle from this season and Matt's season. Like, it's clear that she is, like, a very fully developed person who has worked through her shit and is ready to be the Bachelorette, which is why so many people were so excited for her to be, a, to be the Bachelorette, because it was like, yeah, you can tell that she, like, is a mature adult. Like, yeah. she's fucking ready. Right. So then we cut back to the house uh, briefly where the group date gets announced, um, where all the guys are on it except for Rick, who will be getting the second one-on-one. And obviously, always the case, uh, the guys that don't get the one-on-one are super upset. Um, Rick had, I think, a good response to it. Yeah, he was basically just like, "Uh, guys, you know, I'm I'm really sorry. I know everybody wanted it, but I'm excited, which is really all you can say in that situation, so... I'm team table Rick all the fucking way. All right. I'm, t- I'm team Rick. I said he was top five hottest. I stand by it and I love him. <laughs> I, would marry him. Um, I would marry him. And you know what? We'll get more into Rick later. But yeah, I mean, he's just like, uh, sorry, but not sorry, bitch. Like, <laughs> and then like, this is where too we get Nate basically says, and I did not find this malicious at all. Maybe I can see now a little bit where if I were one of the guys, I might be like, all right, weird. But he was like, I'm not worried. Basically, Nate goes, I'm not worried about it. I know that like my time will come. Like I'm confident enough, whatever. Chris S, that sends Chris S, who's four foot nine into the spiral of the fucking century, I guess. And he's like, he feels like he's got it in the bag. And we're like, okay, Hobbit. Um, Okay, the Hobbit relax like (laughs) oh my god (laughs) like I I don't know if it's just because I'm biased and I like Nate but I don't know I didn't find his statement to be anything crazy I was like he's just he's just nice to her and so he's not worried and if he does go home he's not going to be like punching walls like I had it in the bag like he'll just be like oh I guess I (laughs) was wrong like (laughs) this is like he had the first impression Rose and like this is like Hannah G. It's giving me Hannah G. Colton season. Like she wasn't cocky, but she was like, I got the first impression, Rose. I know he's moderately into me. Yeah. The gag being that Colton is gay, but she was like, I know he's moderately into me. Narrator voice. He wasn't. <laughs> Narrator voice. Homo. Not in fact. <laughs> into Hannah G. But like, she was like, I got the first impression, Rose. I know he's moderately into me. I'm probably going to get a one-on-one at some point. It's annoying to have to wait for it, but it's probably going to happen. Like, right. And And like, Nate talks to her every week and like solidifies their collect, their connection every day. Every week. Yeah. So like, obviously he's like, cool. You know what I mean? Like he's chilling. Right. Chris has never said a word to Michelle. If I were Chris, I'd be shaking in my size two boots too. So, you know, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I'm really disrespecting short Kings on the pod this week. My cat's eating my dinner. Um, <laughs> but I like, I was like, when he and Nate get in their argument later, I was like, oh, child and father having a conversation, <laughs> same height difference as me and my cat. Like, <laughs> this is the thing. This is the thing when you get, this is the thing about short Kings. When you get a short king who, like, truly is a king, like, he's so funny, like, he's so net, like, then all of a sudden him being short is, like, kind of hot. You're like, oh, like, he's a short king. Tom but Holland. When you get- Tom Holland. Tom Holland. <laughs> but when you get a short guy who's a, like, who's a Chris S, you're just like, oh, Andy's fucking small. 
Yeah. Like, it's like pick dude, pick a struggle. You know what I mean? <laughs> you look like you still play high school football and you're four nine and you're an asshole. Okay, pick one. Like, <laughs> like, ooh, choose your battles wisely, my guy. It just I'm like, you're on thin fucking ice, Chris S. I and then like, like when she gave him the tidy whities and he was doing the risky business thing, like I, I was like, oh, like maybe right. he just had an off moment. Like maybe he's fine. No, no, it just, it just spiraled out of control. But that's when that moment happens, which save it for later. Cause we're, it comes up again. Have no fear. Oh, don't worry. It's sure a, of it. It's a plot point. It's a plot point. So then we cut back to Martin state, uh, where he surprisingly gets the rose. I did not think he was going to get the rose. Um, no, I didn't. Either. Not just for the Jamie stuff, but I didn't think their connection was that great. And also like everything he was talking to her, he was like, I'm condescending. I don't communicate. I don't cry. I have trouble processing emotion. Like, yeah, it was I like every red flag in the book. Like it was just, he was throwing down red flag after red flag. And she was like, good news. I'm colorblind. Like that was basically what that old conversation was. I was like, okay. It was very weird that he got the date. Also, I made a note of this, and it happened also on Rick's date. A lot of whispering on one-on-ones this season. Whispering. Whispering. I mean, it's like, can you guys speak up, please? Like, <laughs> Can you guys speak up? I don't know if you know this, but this is a TV show, and I can't like, hear you. I can't hear a word you're saying. They just, like, every one-on-one just has this very, like, intimate, solemn, like, so when I was and I went to the zoo like it just it's very I very quiet and because of the whispering if you live in my household and your boyfriend acts like he's 85 and has to watch everything with subtitles our tv permanently has subtitles on and when they speak so quietly the subtitles get it wrong and so like later in the episode when two of the guys are saying bye one of them goes I'll miss you buddy all right and this, like, he says, all right, I'll miss you, buddy. All right. And gives them a hug. My subtitles heard, I'll miss you, buddy, already. <laughs> I, like, I mean, what are we even saying? You know? So anyway. he surprisingly gets the rose. Uh, all is fine and good. I literally give him another, like, two weeks. Like, yes, he's not <laughs> like, saying. He's not saying I'm for so sure. Confused. Weird. So then we go to the group date, um, which is going to be like a sleepover style date. Honestly, I thought this was a great idea for a group date. I loved it. I loved this date. I mean, then it gets to like, of course, they're like, they're men. So we must have violence. But I loved this date. I thought it was adorable. They were so excited and they were having the time of their lives. (laughs) This is the thing, like men don't understand that they're allowed to like be comfortable and enjoy things. So like, like, like fellas, is it gay to be comfortable in your pajamas? (laughs) Like they were so happy. Is it gay to wear sweet little jammies? Like, (laughs) and to have a slumby with your bros? Like, come on. No, it was the first time like women, they always, it's always this thing of like, you know, women are really into self-care. Women take baths with bath bombs. I'm like, you too can enjoy things. Like men, is it gay to enjoy your life? Like, <laughs> the did problem- your dad let you cry? Like, <laughs> like, what's going on? So they're doing this date. It's this little slumber party date. And the problem with the guys having the time of their lives is that they're so excited to be having the time of their lives that they like literally forget they're on a date. Like, 
they're like building their bears. They're like playing duck, duck, goose. Like they're having such a blasty blast that they like literally forget Michelle is even there. Like at one point they're playing a game and she tries to get in it and they tell her to get out of the game. (laughs) That sent me. And it like, wasn't, I felt really bad for her, but I was like, guys, like, (laughs) what are we doing? (laughs) No, 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 no. Like I was like, you guys hang out 24 seven. Like, This is your chance to literally talk to the girl that you potentially want to marry. And then instead they're like, abs of steel challenge, punch me as hard as you can. Ha ha. (laughs) Hey, wackos. Um. And like, they're having like, and like Michelle is trying to get in on it and they're just like not into it. And she's like, obviously getting discouraged because she's like, she talked last week about how she feels like she struggles to be seen and to feel chosen. And then when you're the bachelorette, you think like, oh, I'm not going to experience that. This is 30 dudes fighting for my attention. And then you go on a group date with 12 of them and none of them will give you the time of day. Like she literally had to ask Clayton to come over and talk to her. Literally. And they like barely spoke. Also this episode, I mean, still no Clayton I'm like so yeah nothing I think reality Steve tweeted like oh now I see why Clayton's picked as the bachelor like sarcastically because yeah like we don't know anything they've given us literally nothing again and again and every week I'm like well next week they'll give us something and then they don't (laughs) I feel like maybe he's gonna get a one-on-one soon and I agree not that I want anybody to trauma dump or like do anything like that but I feel like even if it's not trauma I feel like his one-on-one is gonna have to be like something amazing to get people invested in him yeah at this point um but regardless all the guys are ignoring her Michelle is getting super upset they go to the second portion of the date which is like the teddy bear something smackdown it's it's the same as the like pillow fight date that they did on Peter's season. Yeah, except it's funnier because it's men. Except like, it's, it's funnier, yeah. It's Sorry, like but... it's like dehumanizing to watch women in pajamas like have a pillow fight, but like when men yeah. in pajamas like fight with teddy bears, I'm like, take your top off. Like yeah. it's just better. <laughs> it's like all around. Also, because we knew that they had had like such a fun time, I was like, yeah. it's fine. You know, I was like, they'll be fine. They were talking mad shit about each other, but they were whatever. Having a blast. Also, Wells wasn't there. I was like, why would you have a violent date without Wells? No, but then this is, so the date is hosted by the Bella twins, um, who are WWE superstars. They have like a reality show and a connection that I thought was cool that I thought they were going to make a joke out of, but they didn't is that one of the Bellas, I think Nikki is married to Artem, who was Caitlin's partner on dancing with the stars. And so like Caitlin and her were standing right next to each other. I'm sure they acknowledged it in person and it just didn't make the cut, but her and Nikki got to be really close. That's like how I knew who Nikki was because of Dancing with the Stars. That's so embarrassing. But because Kate, because of Caitlin being Artem's partner. And I was like, yeah, yeah so cute. They didn't talk about it literally at all. I was like, I get that it's not about her, but everything's about Caitlin. Right. right? I was like, I was like, wait, this is so cute. Like that it's Artem's like wife or fiance or whatever. Um, And then they're talking about all the different matchups. And like, there's obviously like guys who are clearly going to do better. Like you've got, Clayton who's like a college football player you've got uh like all these different guys who are jacked and then some of them are smaller and then they get to um Olu some of them are are smaller Chris (laughs) (laughs) and one of them uh Olu who this is kind of the first episode that we've really gotten to see any of Olu and he's a king and he's a king like he's like hot first of all like they call him Swolu because he's jacked (laughs) nice like absolutely jacked 
he takes his shirt off and even Tasha is like, oh my God. Tasha was like, Zach who? Was like, like, oh my God. She's gonna <laughs> risk it all. Like <laughs> she's like, engaged? Who's engaged? Throwing her ring. Like <laughs> literally. Uh so Swolu and like it just so there's these matchups. Uh it's it they do the thing that I hate on group dates where they're like A team goes to the after party, team that loses doesn't. They all fight it out. Um the A team that wins has Olu, Clayton, like some of the the bigger Nate. name guys, yeah, Nate. Nate. Yeah. And then we see them all celebrating their victory without Michelle. <laughs> and this is where Kayla texted me and was like, it's so much better having the women host it. Like yeah. having Tasha and Caitlin host it because she was upset rightfully because literally all the men she's dating were like, who? literally um and they were like so they're just so much better at talking to her and being like so what do you want to do how are you feeling like even during the date when she was clearly upset yeah they were sitting with her being like are you okay like trying to like look out for her and I was like Chris Harrison would literally never yeah Chris and then Harrison we see... would also forget that Michelle exists <laughs> literally and then we see um so to that point, like when we see Caitlin talk, we see them talk to her during the date. And then we see a conversation with Caitlin and Michelle after the date. And this is what I love about having women host it. They're emotionally intelligent. And like Caitlin is saying to her, like, do you think that was their intention? And Michelle's like, well, no, but you know, blah, 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 blah. And Caitlin was like, no, I totally get it. I get why you're upset, but you've got a group of great guys here. Do you think they intended to do this? no okay so how do we want to move forward from here how do you want to address it like these right. are the conversations that we never got to see when chris was hosting probably because they just didn't happen and it's like conversations that genuinely happen between like two friends when right. one of you is upset about something and the other one's like okay well how do you think they meant it and then like what do you want to do about it and what do you think right. whatever like like yeah chris could fucking never he would first of all never have even had this conversation and if he did he just would have been awkward like, right so um, then we go we to the the dinner portion and um she addresses it with the men by being like look like I told you guys last week on the group date like this is something that I've always struggled with like a lot of times at my high school I was the only girl of color like I was never being asked on dates like I always felt like I wasn't romantically seen and like today like I'm glad you guys had fun but like I just felt like you weren't paying any attention to the fact that I was there. You weren't making any attempt to talk to me or whatever. And you could tell the guys all feel bad. So then we see like the carousel of men talking to her and like yeah. trying to be like, no, no, no. Like I see you like, okay. Yeah. Um, the notable one would be Olu um, who basically says he gets very emotional and he was, he is beating himself up because yeah. He is a black man. His two sisters are both black. And he was expressing that his sisters dealt with, with similar struggles when they were younger in high school and feeling like they weren't worthy. They weren't beautiful. They weren't whatever. And he was like, he's like, I'm so used to having these conversations with my sisters that it upsets me that I played a part in making you feel that way. Yes. Um, which I was like, oh my God. And like, he's very genuinely upset too. It didn't yeah. feel like something that like, sometimes the guys are like, I'm so sad. <laughs> You're like, yeah. okay, are you like manufacturing sadness? Um, but he like genuinely was very clearly upset and talks about, and talks about a personal experience 
again, like we talked about last week, in a way that's like really beautiful and relates to her instead of in a way that's like, well, I have issues too. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. like very much trying to show that he knows, like she he sees how she's feeling and he's he's deeply sorry for making her feel that way. Yeah. Um, and just like I adore him. I mean, it was just like it was it was excellent. Yeah, it was a great way to address it. 10 out of 10 to Olu. He was basically the highlight. Um, And then we have the conversation at the end where she says who she's going to give the group date Rose to. It's obviously him. Yeah. And that's the group date. There you go. And the most we really see of Clayton talking about it is he says, obviously, that he feels badly that this happened. But then he's like, I just got to do better moving forward. And I'm like, okay. So yet again, we learn nothing. The most bachelor thing ever. I mean, that's just like, of course he's a bachelor. That's like what every bachelor of the last three years would say. Like, well, I fucked up, but guess I got just got to do better. You know, <laughs> I just got to try again next time. So, right. like, okay, thanks, King. So deep. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so then we go to um, the probably the best one on one I would say of the season so far yes. is with is with Rick. It's it's definitely the one that she's had the most connection with. Um, totally. And they go on this like sightseeing date where they're in like a, like a kind of a ski lift, but it's like an enclosed kind of yeah. heart thing. Um, they're seeing the sights. And these are always the dates that leads give to people that they're already invested in because it gives them the most time to talk. They're not doing some ridiculous like yeah, challenge like she and martin like didn't they were in separate cars with walkie talkies i was like they didn't like i mean obviously there were other portions of the date but it was like you yeah. just like didn't talk right <laughs> like, this is like a hike like it was like they did that they went up and then they like hiked around kind of and i was like this is like a normal date like that's a date i would go on not a first right. date because i don't want to get kidnapped but like a a date <laughs> with somebody that i knew wouldn't kill me that i would totally go on and yeah I, I honestly like those the best because it's not something ridiculous it's not something like yeah like where you're they're not going to talk at all like they have the whole time to talk to each other and get to know each other yeah these usually go to people that the lead is more invested in because they know they'll be able to sustain a conversation with them for that long versus someone like martin she was like what if i have nothing to talk to him about let's race cars um so they're on this date um they take the ski lift thing they get to the top they're hiking and they see this like wishing tree thing which has like a box of wishes and in order to write down a wish and put it in you have to first read the wishes in the box which is a little bit like who's gonna beat my ass like they can't see me (laughs) (laughs) like I was like oh I have to read them okay I'll lie like I know they're on camera but like also this is not real there's no way this this is is not real because they they opened the box they planted this so that rick would be sad like they (laughs) did this for rick to be sad this is the most bachelor shit ever they opened the box first of all two of them have the same handwriting so a producer wrote both of them and they're both about like i hope i find my soulmate i hope i find true love okay bachelor and then the third one is like stock messy guy handwriting that just says, I wish my dad could see the man I've become knowing that Rick's dad died. Like it just, I was like, okay, we couldn't have done any better. Like, like it wasn't even a little subtle. It wasn't even like, I wish I could go fishing with my dad 
sorry, that's like very Greg Rippo of me to bring up. I wish I could go fishing with my dad and then like Rick being like, oh, I used to love fishing with my dad, whatever. It wasn't even nuanced. Like it was no, just no, like, no. it was just like my dad's dead. And Rick was like, oh my me God, too. like, ouch. It, I was like, this is painful. How dare you? So mean. But Rick also <laughs> like handles it so well and like obviously gets upset about it. Yeah. But was like, yeah, my dad, you know, oh, that one hurt. My dad passed away about three years ago. And then. Right. Yeah. So he, he says. This is messy. He like leads, you know, this no is an obvious prompt for him to be like, yeah, I lost my dad, whatever. And he doesn't go into immense detail, right? He doesn't go into heavy detail right then, but he just says that his dad passed. Um, And then they kind of go to this little picnic portion. And the only thing really to note about the picnic portion is that the way that Rick kisses looks like he saw Matt James get attacked for kissing with his eyes open. So he's doing that thing where he's acting like that you do when you're a little kid and you're supposed to have your eyes closed where your eyes are mostly closed, but you can like see out of the bottom. That's how Rick kisses. Oh, damn. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> if you go back and watch it, I'll Emily, look closely. I'll look closely. I'm not even kidding. It's like, it's like he can see out of the very bottom of his He's eye. He's like kind of looking. He's like, I'm watching. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. But I am. Also, <laughs> my dad just texted me about Thanksgiving. Okay, way too far in advance, my guy. Um, <laughs> whoa. Um, I did notice about Rick's kissing that he kisses with his mouth, mouth closed. Unlike Martin. Martin was like full lick of the chin when they kissed (laughs) like he fully was like from the bottom of your face to the top of your face I lick you you're baptized in my spit like I was like oh my god Rick is like very much more other than the eye thing which I didn't notice but seemingly like okay at least he kisses with his mouth mostly closed mostly closed it's not like offensive or like invasive (laughs) I was like oh my god anyway so So then he doesn't go into heavy detail yet but yet so then we go to the dinner portion where they're going to get into some of this. And Rick basically divulges that when he was eight kid, he saw a text on his dad's phone from another woman to his dad. And Rick told his mom about it and his parents end up getting a divorce because his dad was having an affair. And this leads Rick as a child to basically blame his parents' divorce on himself because he was the quote whistleblower. And he also expresses that he feels that his dad also blamed him for the divorce because if Rick hadn't been the quote whistleblower, his mom might not have found out about his affair. Right. And like he was 17 when it happened. So he was definitely a kid, but also like if I were 17 and I saw that, like, I would do the same thing. Like, I was like, it wasn't like he was like a little kid and like did this by accident or something. Like he knew what he was doing and he knew that what he was doing was right. Like you have like, you're not an adult yet by any means, but you also have like soundness of mind to where, to what's right and wrong. Yeah. And obviously what he saw was probably concerning at the least. Right. So it was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to tell my mom and it just, it was really heartbreaking because he basically said his dad fell into like a really bad depression for the last 10 years of his life. And then he died and he feels like up until like the day he died, he blamed Rick for 
the divorce. And it's like, Frick, it's not your fault. Like it's, it, it was like yeah. his actions and it's really heartbreaking, but. And it's yeah. also like, this was unclear because the way that he was talking about his dad being depressed for the last 10 years of his life almost sounded like he was implying his dad killed himself, but he never stated how his dad died. He just said that he got a text from his dad saying he was struggling to catch his breath, which led me to believe maybe heart attack. Yeah. Um, Either way, traumatic, but we didn't really get any answers. We just know that he was depressed and then he ended up passing. Um, And Rick like definitely has not even regret, but just feels like, you know, badly. Like he feels like my dad blamed me and I'm, you know, I'm sure that there were just, there's just a lot of layers to it. And it just made me like feel so terrible. But also like, I don't know, everything about the way that Rick like told this story, like his story just was very genuine and very like, you know, this is what I went through. And it came up, (laughs) it came up in a bachelor prompt way, but it came up quote unquote, gen, like genuinely as opposed to other people who are just like, talking about their favorite type of pasta and then they're like when I was nine my hamster died like (laughs) like this came up in a way that at least was more more natural not that it was obviously it was like a producer thing but anyway but regardless he talks about it and he says something nice that is kind of equivalent to what we say we hate when someone's like I'm falling in love with you. Like, I'm not in love with you, but I'm falling. He says something equivalent, but just like much more eloquent. He basically says that he looks forward to being in love with her. And I was like, that is like the the much more smooth way of saying I'm falling in love with you. You know, I really like the way he talks about like a future with her because he doesn't talk about it. Like it's a sure thing. Yeah. He also doesn't talk about it in these, like in the way, like, not to shit on Brandon because I do like Brandon this season but like he doesn't say it in like purely TJ Maxx mug quotes like he's very like real yeah he's very like I can see myself with you I look forward to fall like I look forward to getting to know you better I look forward to learning more about you I look forward to falling in love with you like he just he just says things that are genuine instead of trying to say the right thing right and that's I think what I like so much about him he just seems so he just seems like a real guy like he's yeah. just like a dude, you know. <laughs> but like so, not in the way that we say it, where it's a bad. No, thing. not like in a broy, like oh my god, way. Like in a way where it's just like you're just a genuine person. He gave me on this date. He gave me very like Zach Clark. Vibes I was gonna say almost, that. Yeah. In like a way where it's like you're here because you want to get to know this person first of all, and like you're telling your story because it's important to you, but not because you feel that you're like you're not like trauma dumping. You're not trying to be like bad for me, you know, like, like it was just so genuine and it just, he just seems like such a genuine person really reminds me, reminded me of Zach. Yeah. He reminds me of Zach too. I was like, just mature. That's the other thing is like, just more mature than the other guys. Like I was like, he just seems like worlds ahead of some of these. On this podcast, if we compare you to Zach Clark, like that's the highest compliment we can give. And that's like the equivalent of an EGOT. Like, like, that's, like, so major. Yeah, literally. We gave you the Nobel Peace Prize of Bachelor Nation, if we say that about you. I love so, Zachary Clark. Let's wait for Rick to fuck it up. Let's yeah, see. Yeah, I'm, like, I was texting Ryan, and I was, like, I love Rick. He's my new favorite. And I'm, like, says me this week. Next week, I'll be, like, fuck Rick. <laughs> literally. 
So then we go to one of my least favorite bachelor things, which is where they have a private concert after a date. This concert is with Andy Grammer, to which I ask, isn't Andy Grammer too famous to do this? That was my exact thought. And I was like, that's embarrassing because Andy Grammer's like barely famous. (laughs) (laughs) So if I think that you're like too famous to do this, like that minimum is like, you're a, you're like a H list celebrity. <laughs> like I'm like, you might be too famous for this Andy Grammer, <laughs> but I was like, Rick deserves this. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like he deserves a micro celebrity instead of like a micro, 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 micro celebrity. <laughs> I'm like, just tell us that Rick wins because he got the most famous person on the concert. And date. My other thought on this date because I love Rick and I like would love to see them together. But also I was like, Rick would be a great bachelor. Yeah. And that's where I get, I'm sure, honestly, like I've said, like they chose Clayton because he was a safe choice and because his connection with, Mich- with Michelle wasn't going to be such that spoiling it. Right. Spoiling the fact that he's the bachelor would like break hearts, which at this point, honestly, if I knew that Rick were the bachelor and I watched that date, I'd be like, I'm devastated. You know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, I'm so sad that they're not together. Yeah, he would have been a really, he would be a really good bachelor. Yeah. If he's not with Michelle. So, yeah, so that's how their date wraps up. And then we have the cocktail party. So the cocktail party, we think we're going into just any other cocktail party. What could go wrong? Uh, Michelle comes down the stairs looking sickening. Of course, she gets to the bottom of the stairs. And as the lead always does, she is about to give a toast prior to the cocktail party. And Chris S. literally Kanye's her. And it's like, I'm gonna let you finish. But, and then, like, then goes into, like, I wasn't at the dinner portion the other night. Yeah, because you were on the losing team, you fucking short loser. (laughs) (laughs) You small loser, you got beaten by a teddy bear. How does it feel, wimp? Like, <laughs> just like literally bullying him because he's small. Um, no, but he came out like guns a blazing, and I was like, that's did. so rude. I was like, she was gonna talk. Like, what are you doing? And then, like, she clearly doesn't know what to do. He basically says, like, I wasn't at the dinner portion of the date, but it it was ex- expressed to me that Michelle felt like she wasn't being seen or paid attention to. Now, mind you. He was on the majority of the date prior to her addressing the issue. Like he was a part of the problem. He just didn't, he just was a bench warmer and didn't make it to the dinner portion. Literally. Like she just didn't get to tell you that to your face, but you still were there. Like you still were doing that. And also like notice how she- Mind your beeswax. When she confronted the guys about it at the dinner portion, it was the first thing she did. Meaning the offenses were committed prior to the dinner portion, which he was there for every part of. Yeah. Yep. So, so like you're the problem, you know what I mean? Like, so like you're the problem. Those in, those in glass houses should not throw stones. Um, tiny, tiny, teeny, tiny little glass outhouses. <laughs> Precised. Uh, anyway yeah it was just like you are the problem am I the drama yes Chris you are you are the drama so he gives this whole toast about how he feels like it's so ridiculous guys should go home if they're like whatever blah 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 he said it feels like a lot of people have think that they have this in the bag and if you think that you should honestly go home and everyone was like that was weird anyway yeah like why did he do that and also just like 
his entire, I wrote this down and then he said something that confirmed it, but it was very just like white man savior shit. Like him stepping in and being like, I'm going to fix it. Like I'm here for the right reasons, Michelle, don't you worry. And then like 10 seconds later, he goes, I came in on my white horse, literally confirming that he's doing white guy savior shit. Like it that just, made me want to throw up. Like, I was like, you literally think that you're, like, a knight in shining armor, and you're a dunce. Like, I was he, like, like calls himself foolish. that. Yeah, he's like, I came in on my white horse and saved her. She didn't need saving because she already addressed the problem that you're bringing up. Right, like, like she's passed it. She addressed it. She she figured it out. And then he comes in and it's all because it's in all the guys say this, because all the guys obviously are mad. They're like, the S stands for snake. Like, fuck you, Chris. They're like, he's bringing this up because he's jealous of the connections that she has with other people. And he knows that he's like, not at that level, which is true. Like, regardless of the Nate comment that happened earlier, the only reason that Chris would be upset about that versus someone like Joe is that Chris knows that he's not at that point. Joe hearing Nate make that comment would have been like, I agree. I will get my one-on-one at some point. You know what I mean? Like the other guys who are like front runners, quote unquote, would also be pretty much unbothered because they know that their time is coming. Chris, the only reason it bothered Chris is because he knows that he is at risk of going home because they, again, have never fucking spoken. So he says his little piece and then she pulls him and they go talk, basically. They go talk and uh, he's talking to her about basically reiterating what he said in his little speech. All the guys are like conspiring and they're like, how do we get him out of here? Like he sucks. Right. Nate talks says, to her. Oh yeah, he, he says when they're talking, he pinpoints Nate and says, "Well, Nate made this comment that basically, like he he if he didn't get a one on one this week, he's not worried about it because he knows he's gonna get one, and he thinks he has it in the bag and da 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 whatever." Right. Also, the fact that his immediate reaction was to tattle on Nate to her is like, "You're a child." Yeah. I hate when guys do this. I get that it gets to a point sometimes where you you do have to tell the lead. Like I get it. But, like, it was literally nothing had happened, and Chris was like, I got to tell Michelle about this. I'm like, okay, relax. Like, it was so, it was, like, so abrupt. I was like, yeah. okay, whatever. So he pinpoints Nate. So obviously this concerns Nate. So she talks to Nate next um, and acknowledges this with him, and Nate is like, what the fuck? So he goes back, and he asks to talk to Chris. And then... This was like the dollar store version of Ivan and Aaron in paradise when they were like getting in each other's faces and like, like but they Nate... couldn't get face to face. Cause Chris is like two feet shorter. Yeah. Chris is like face to nipple. And yeah. he's like, it looked like a father daughter dance, bro. It looked like when the daughters dance on their dad's shoes. Like, again, I'm sorry. This is all no offense to short Kings. Because if you're a short king and you're unproblematic, I probably, like, would fall in love with you in, like, four seconds. But if you're a short king and you're an asshole, dude, I'm going to smoke you. Like, like, don't like <laughs> I've hooked up with short kings. There's nothing wrong with being yeah. a short guy. No. But if you're a short guy, you got to work out all this shit before you attempt to date. Because no. I won't take it from a short guy. Like, no. And like you talking to Nate like this was embarrassing. And then Nate is trying to literally have a conversation. And Chris like actually looks like a mighty jumping bean. Like he's so small. And he's like, hey, are you going to put your hands on me, bro? No, he literally wasn't. Chill out. Like, 
Nate made no move to touch him whatsoever. And Chris is like, you want to fight? I could fight. I could go. I was like, are you hallucinating? Like, that's not even a little bit what happened. I was actually like laughing. I was like, this is so embarrassing. And then Chris is like just saying so much without saying anything at all. Like Nate is asking him questions and Chris is like, well, I just felt like I needed to address the thing. And he's like, okay, can you, can you explain what you mean by the thing? And he's like, the thing, you know what I mean? And then he's like, she is anything. And then Chris is like, she probed me. She asked me, like, I was only answering a question. And I'm like, ah. And then Nate is like, what do you mean she probed you? And he goes, probe means asked. Nate's like, yeah, fucking, okay. Thank you for the vocabulary lesson, idiot. I mean, (laughs) what do you mean by that? (laughs) Like, so we go back to the, uh, like, rose giving portion which i'm really liking that they've kept us on a structure of actually having a rose ceremony at the end of every episode like let's keep I think on people complained on. and they were like sorry you know like i think that they heard everybody's like please god yeah, because everybody this. was like jeff probes would never and they were like you're right literally um and and nate and michelle also do talk i think and nate again yeah like, no i don't think that i have it in the bag okay, i just anyway. like he just like I'm, clarifies yeah. He's like, I'm just confident in our connection, which is like, yeah, you are. You you should be. Like, right. Good connection. So anyway. So we go to the rose ceremony. Um, going into the rose ceremony, Rick, Martin, and Olu already have roses, and the remaining roses go to Brandon, Leroy, Joe, Rodney, Clayton, Casey, Nate, and Chris S. And three dudes whose names I don't know are going home. Romeo, Justice Romeo. Romeo, that was the one whose the name ma- I knew. I was looking yeah. at him and I was like, why do I know him? It was Romeo. Romeo, Justice for Romeo. I loved Romeo. Mathematician went to Harvard. You got you got bigger things to worry about, King. So <laughs> I'm like, go move forward, prosper. You know what I mean? So anyway, <laughs> but that was sad. But other than that, yeah. I mean, it was just like, and then Chris gets the rose and in an ITM goes, I knew she was going to give it to me. Oh, so you would say you had it in the bag, Christopher? You snake. Like, I was like, fuck you. So you would, you would say you had it in the teeny tiny bag? In the teeny tiny satchel. <laughs> uh, you, you know Chris has a satchel and it's like, it's not a purse. He's got one of those like little over the, you know, the stick with just like a cloth attached to it that like in like old, old cartoons they would carry. That's what like Chris has. In, That's like Chris's like, suitcase. Like he's in the seven dwarves. Yeah, like, like, a, like one of the dwarves. Yeah, one of the dwarves. He's grumpy. Uh, he's got hi-ho, one of those little hi ho. It's off to work we go. It's off to cause mess we go, says Chris every morning while he chooses violence. Yeah. So anyway, he's like, I knew she was gonna give it to me. Okay. So you would say you had it in the bag, you fucker. So he's going um, back under the bridge until next week. Yeah, bye. Go go back in your hole, Christopher. I looked I look forward to never seeing you again. I enjoyed when I didn't when you had no screen time. Like I said from night one, I was like, I don't like that guy's vibe. He looks like he still plays high school football. Looks like yeah. he's 17. And I stand by it. Yeah, it was um, a mess. Uh, but then we learned that next week we are going to Michelle's hometown, which is Minneapolis, which is great. I love that we're traveling again. I love that we're going to Minneapolis. Um, but what was funny is that the guys like in their interviews are like from Palm Springs to Minneapolis. And I'm like, well, it sounds like shit when you say it like yeah, that. Like, hey, rephrase it, you know? Um, yeah, they're all like, Minneapolis, no way. I'm like, okay, well, you don't have to act excited. 
no um so yeah they're going i'm very excited for them to travel we've been watching the same three dates rotated for the last five seasons so this will be a nice change well change of scenery i'm excited we're going to minneapolis maybe we'll see my brother in the background of an exterior shot i don't know but yeah, that's this week's episode. Um, I guess the Bachelor Nation news was really just how many of them ran the marathon, but we already talked about that. Yeah, we led with the good stuff. You know. Yeah, they kind of took uh, over the. They kind of took over the marathon this year. They were popping they off at the marathon. They did. Yeah, they were there. They sure were there. <laughs> um, they sure ran it. Some of them. Uh, <laughs> they sure walked it. Uh, they sure participated you know what I mean um yeah no you know I gotta say me making a joke about Tyler and Matt walking the marathon as if I could even walk 26 miles like like, (laughs) go off kings yeah I don't even care I don't know for some reason like that again well it's because of the like they're busy thing it's like and they and we know just on dancing with the stars like I'm like they're like doing stuff Peter what are you booking like, and we also it? know, like, even though they're so busy, like I, we've seen Tyler run marathons in the past. We've seen Matt post on stories, like out for a run training. Yes. So even if like they didn't train as much as like you did, we know that there was like some effort put in there. They like run, they used to have a running club, like in New York city. Like they are yeah. like ru- people who run yeah. uh, and anybody can run this marathon, which is why I love it. Like you don't have to be a runner to run it. That yeah. being said, if you're not a runner and you're going to run it, you should probably like train for it. And that's where I was like, Peter, well, you lost me. Also what killed me. I don't know if you saw this last marathon related content, but Tyler's trainer posted a picture of her, Matt and Tyler. And then Tyler reshared it to his story because I guess Tyler like notoriously hates running, but like keeps doing it and like keeps running marathons. And she like posted this really cute picture of the three of them. And she was like, Tyler, this is like your fourth marathon. If you keep doing this, people are going to think you like running. Like you've got to like, you've got to stop. No, literally. Um, but yeah, no, Love it. again, congrats to everyone who ran the marathon, especially you. Um, I was getting really into marathon content this year. Like I was on marathon talk and I was getting like, so emo, like watching strangers. I do not know run the marathon. And like, for my entire life, I've been like, who in their right mind would run a marathon? And like, I still will not run one. But this was the first year that I watched the content. And I was like, I could get why somebody would do it. Totally. It was um, such a big one. And like, it's finally, you know, it's like, it's finally back. And I think that was yeah. a big part of it. it was like, New York is back and the marathon is back. And it was just so like, yeah, it was so awesome. And yeah. I've never gotten it either. Like, I've never watched, like, I didn't yeah. watch, I lived here for the 2019 one and I didn't watch it. Um, so I've never been like, oh my God. I used to talk shit about marathons all the time. I'd be like, running a marathon sounds like the most boring thing in the world. Uh, it's like 26 miles, so boring. Yeah. Uh, it was actually super fun. And I'm like, I get it. And I feel like it's so hyped up and it's just like, that's what makes it so cool and so fun. So That being said. Great times. That's all run I got. The marathon. Run um, the marathon, you cowards. I'll start, I'll start a don't insult running club. Uh, don't insult ins- my marathon. Insult pod. Ins- don't insult my marathon um, for us all. So anyway, yeah, with that being said, this was That being fun. said, this was a good episode. This was fun. Happy one year anniversary to us. Congrats to everyone who ran the marathon. And congrats um, to everyone who's been listening to us for a year. You guys yeah, are the honestly, <laughs> we've got quite a few people that like listen every week and I'm, I'm shocked. I'm astonished. I love you. Thank you. I love you so much. 
And uh, please, we actually, um, our reviews, we have quite a few of them now, but we haven't gotten like an actual written review in a while. So go on, write a review, especially if you listen all the time. Don't talk about last week's episode. Like that would just be Ignore so rude. It. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go leave us a review. Follow us on Instagram at don't insult my podcast. And tell all your friends. Tell your tell neighbors. All your friends. Tell the people you love. Tell the people you hate. Spread it around. You know Spre- I mean? Spread the love. Spread Unless the they're love. gonna write a mean review and then don't tell them. So we'll see you next week. Um, 